Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. My name is Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host of Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. And uh, today we've got a great panel of guests. Thanks to Josh, Ian, and AJ at the well for, for putting this together. And um, let's, it, it's being recorded, so Heritage Radio Network is, is out of Bushwick. One more stop out on the Morgan stop. And we'll, air, we'll have to edit this one a little bit, and we'll air it in about two or three weeks. But um, right now, let's just do this more live panel style. So, and everybody, it's like, you got to talk like this, right, everybody? It's like my sweet microphone, you know. Um, let's just get down to the end. A lot of these guys I know well. They've been on a lot of beer sessions, radios. They're, some of them I met as home brewers or brewers at other breweries, and now they're all kind of stars of the scene, and we've got some new friends here from Chicago. So let's just go down and start with Tony. Just say your name and a, and a few words about your brewery and the collaboration beers that, that are here today. Uh, I'm Tony from Kings County Brewers Collective. Uh, my partner's Pete and Zach aren't here today, or were here earlier. Uh, we, did, we have a couple collaborations here tonight, the Taco Wednesday we did with uh, Innerboro here, um, and Yeah Buddy that we brewed with Finback. That's what I'm drinking. Who's drinking the Taco Wednesday? Oh, yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, get at that. I got one of those chairs. Jesse had a hard time getting a chair, but my chair is going to fall under me. I got me. a stool. Just got so a you know, stool. there's tension in the room, so... I'm Jesse Ferguson from Innerboro, and I brew, we got two collaborate. well, three collaborations. This is going to become a funny chain, right, if I have to name the one that, he, uh, so I got the beer that with, I brew with Tony and Pete and Zach, uh, Taco Wednesday, and then I have Super Local, which I brewed with Interla- uh, Indian Ladder Farmstead, uh, with all New York State grown raw materials, and then I have uh, the Stay Gold. Uh, which is uh, brewed in collaboration or inspired by Run the Jewels. Got some fans. Who knows Run the Jewels? Yeah, RT. What is it, Jesse? Run the Jewels. I don't know what that is. It's, it's, it's a shit, man. It's a shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got to explain it. You don't know. You don't need to know. We'll come back to that. Peter, you got it. Uh, Hey, guys. I'm uh, Peter Salmon. I'm with Other Half. And uh, we got two collaborations here today. Um, we did a... Closer. Is it not on? You got to get into that mic. You really got to get you gotta, like go this. Deep. Go deep, Peter. There you go. It's a sec- he's got to get sexy with it, Peter. Yeah. No, I, don't, I still don't think it's on. It's still not on. It's turn on. Why don't you use my Hook him yeah. up. There. Great idea, Joe. That sounded like a... No. Well, while Peter's talking, I'll tell you, Peter won, separate from working at Other Half, <laughs> Peter won the home, home brewer of the year at the with, with Oscar and his other buddies. So, you know, there's a lot of little secrets and, and real, like, brewers with chops on this table, so... Uh, yeah, all right, so I'm borrowing uh, Joe's microphone. Uh, I'm Peter Salmon from Other Half Brewing Company. Uh, we have two collaborations here today. We did uh, Throw Some Mo. 
with Barrier. Uh, we did a collaboration with them last year. We did a mashup of their Money IPA and our uh, hop showers. We did a Make It Rain. And so this year we did a double dry hopped uh, Imperial version of that and did a, some throw some mo. Um, tasting really, really good. And then we also have a collaboration that we did with Industrial Arts. Um, those guys came down a couple weeks ago and uh, we brewed. Uh, nummy Nug Nug with them. <laughs> uh, while Chief was still uh, up at his last job, we, we brewed Nuggy Num Num with them up there. That was like our first beer that we brewed to be released uh, kind of right as we were opening up. So uh, he came down and we brewed another beer with him and kind of mashed up the name a little bit. Uh, but really nice, juicy, you know, double IPA. Yeah, will you say the name of that beer again? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I want, who wants to drink that beer? I, I want to try it. Nugget Num Num. Nugget Num Num. It's really nummy. It's okay. You guys can yell out and all that stuff. So we're going to have fun today. So let's make a toast anyways. Cheers to New York City Beer Week, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Yeah. Our good buddy, everybody, everybody's favorite uh, soon-to-be-open real brewery, Grimm, is here, man. I mean, who loves Grimm? Come on, Joe. Hi, everybody. I'm Joe Grimm. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the tab list tonight because I just, just handed a beer. <laughs> it's great. Um, but if they have any of our collabs, they might have uh, the uh, Field Rotation, which is a collaboration that we did with Blue Hill um, with, uh, that was sort of like based around the idea of doing a complete co- crop rotation in a glass. Or they might have the Phantom collab or something that we do with Kent Falls, something like that. Um, Next is Kate. (laughs) (laughs) But who likes Grimm? Come on. Everybody loves Grimm. All right. All right. Uh, Hello. Uh, I'm Kate with Pipeworks Brewing in Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, we're very excited to be here. Um, as far as collaborations go, right now we have one on. It's actually a collaboration with a restaurant, Longman and Eagle. It's kind of based off of a Manhattan cocktail, so super rye-heavy uh, malt base with cherries and lemon, and then we use bitter roots to bitter it, uh, almost like a cocktail bitters instead of hops. So it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm Mike from Pipeworks, uh, so we have the same beer on. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> we, all, we also have a beer called uh, The Hyperdog, which is a kind of a collaboration with a coffee company on Chicago, Dark Matter. So we work with them on trying to find different ways to add coffee flavors that aren't kind of atypical or more intense, less intense. Uh, and, you know, trying to Mike, find is different. your dad here? My dad is standing right you gotta there. you got to put your hand up, Doug, Mr. Doug Mr. Mike. Right. in the house. Yeah. This is a fun party, guys. Come on, again. Yeah. Is anybody else, anybody's wife or somebody here? I wish my anybody. wife. No. <laughs> That's right. My dad loves me. <laughs> now, the funnest part of these kind of events is first, um, you got guys like Josh that are, you know, influencers, but who comes to the well on a regular basis? Yeah. yeah. This is a great place. Yeah. I love it. And what's great about this place is so many beers I've tried. The first time I had KCBC, um, not the Kolsch, but what's, what's the one that came after the Kolsch, the Pilsner? The Janiac uh, Maniac. The Janiac Maniac, yeah. That I can never pronounce. Yeah. I tried that here with AJ one time, and uh, this is a real place to, to find new beers, and you guys are doing a great job. So let's go down. So, guys, collaboration beer. Like, what beer is the first one we have, Josh? You can, what is it? Do you know? It's a Casey Beasy something. What are we doing? Right yeah, we got Taco Wednesday. Um, what was the question? I wasn't listening. What, what beer to are we drinking? The first beer. That's my first question. Oh, the first. Uh, Does anybody know? It's Casey Beasy something. Yeah, yeah. That's a uh, Taco Wednesday. Uh, that we brewed this with uh, Jesse. Um, 
Yeah, it's dry, dry hopped, uh, dry hopped lager, dry hopped with Hugh Mellon. Um, we're brewing it on a Wednesday, and we ate tacos for lunch, and <laughs> really just came up with this stupidly obvious name. They've got a really, really awesome taqueria. What two blocks away? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bushwick is king of tacos, so <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, Arepa Thursday. Arepa Thursday. Yeah, all all of our beers are just going to become uh, uh, Mexican <laughs> food themed. Burrito Friday. Um, you know, so, Tony and Jess, so you guys, tell us about the, the process of collaboration with beer, because, you know, it, it could be, like, too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, what do you have, like, roles and other rules you guys, you guys did with this beer? Well, as the, uh, the guest brewer, I guess, in this situation, I sort of said, what, well, you know, you talk about what you want to brew, right? And, and say, we're going to make, well, what should we do? But you sort of, it's, whoever's brewing the beer generally is responsible for selling and distributing the beer so I in my in my mind it's always deferring to the the host brewery is in terms of sort of guiding based on what they need in their portfolio and what they want to be able to sell and I mean I think we we, we said I think we decided on lager pretty yeah pretty, pretty quick we're yeah. like oh you know we you know we're brewing we're you know we like brewing lagers we, you know and they had a yeast strain that had been going pretty well for them yeah so yeah, I think that was that was pretty easy. It and then, was pretty know, you, quick. Yeah, you throw around ingredient ideas, and you know, um, it's, that's very, it's, it's all very practical. practical. It's not sexy at all. It's like, what can you get? Oh, we get we use these guys. Oh, we can get this from them. Okay, cool. We'll use that too. <laughs> and then, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, it's it's probably not quite as cool as like a band collaborating on something where you're like, you know, oh, we were in the studio for like twelve hours yeah, and it was and fucking it was, sick. We, like, we had this flow and we we're just oh, it's genius. Uh, yeah, it's a little more practical. And then the you know the brewing, you know, again the brewing is just like it's it's actually really it's it's fun because it's the one time in a brewer's life when you sort of just allow yourself to hang out for a day and um, Wait, drink that's beer. That's the only time you... I, I, Tony, I is, like... it, is it a tax write-off too? <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> the only tax you write off is the, 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 write -off, the writing of the check you send to the state and the federal government for <laughs> brewing it. Uh, no, I wish it was. Uh, no, so we, we, we both opened... Within what thirty days of each other? Yeah, and that's where that's that kind of sparked it. We're like we're the we're we're each other's closest neighboring breweries, and we're like you know yeah within yeah two two or three weeks of each other. Yeah, so. it seemed it seemed pretty obvious that we should work together uh, and make a beer and 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 cross market right like sort of have an ability like I people come into my brewery which is four blocks away and I say. They're like, oh, this is so great. I didn't know you were here. Or I've been meaning to come here for months or whatever they say. And I'm like, well, did you know there's another brewery that's like 10 minutes away? You can walk there and they make really great beer too. And so we're, and I expect that you guys are doing the same. We do um, exactly and, the same. <laughs> and so then it's like. It and, grim, just, and grim, when you open, we'll, yeah. we'll do the same for and you. And we're already telling people them. that you're going to be two blocks away too. And, and it's, it's just, you know, it's part of the community and that people who like beer. Most people in 2017 who like beer don't. don't it's not like you're a Bud guy and you're like, I just drink Bud. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's most people are interested uh, in tasting other beers, and so. Well, you know, like in New York City, the, it's almost like you guys are collaborating from the beginning. It's supposed to be collaboration theme. That's where we're going. But you know, <laughs> but like guys, like you know, it's like you all work together at some point. Some of you worked at Greenpoint Beer Works. Some of you worked at Brooklyn Brewery, like Peter. Yeah. You know, some yeah. of you. The three um, of us all worked at Greenpoint. Yes. Yeah, so you, it's easy for you to collaborate, but but like guys like Joe, I mean, you know, uh, you, you're, you're, you've been brewing in what Virginia, 
in other states. What was it like for you, you know, as, as, since you don't have your brewery quite yet here? Tell us some of the collaborating experiences, a good one, one of your top collaboration experiences. Well, everything that Lauren and I do at Grimm is always a collaboration in a sense. Um, since we've never owned our own space, uh, we're always coming into someone else's space and we have to talk through the process with them. We have to sell them on our idea and its feasibility. Some, some of the time we want to do things that are not part of their normal process or that they're not comfortable with and it, you know we have to have a conversation going forward from there. Um, so it's like, you know, really it's just like a process of negotiating with whoever's hosting. And so we've had different dynamics in all the different places that we've made beer, um, whether it's Flagship on Staten Island or Beltway down in Virginia, or um, we've way back when we were making a lot of beer at Paper City in Mass. So, uh, yeah, I think that's just actually the normal that's our normal process. So, Joe, when you first started, we're going to open this up. When you first started, you know, what were some of the beers that inspired you? Because um, okay, I haven't really well, hadn't talked, I haven't talked to you that much, so. Yeah, uh, you know, I didn't, I started making beer maybe in like 19, no, no like 2005. And at that time, I didn't really think beer was very good. I hadn't had really any good beer. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, I was into doing other kinds of fermentation projects, so I was making more like prison hooch. It was like a, <laughs> just like any kind of fruit, mix it up with some honey. Wait, prison wine, you said? <laughs> Basically. I was just making fermented. You were a prison wife? That's <laughs> why so he has a bald head, you know. So. That's bad, sorry. Guys. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the, what I convinced that. me that... <laughs> it's a live panel, guys. Come on. What convinced me that beer was good, actually, was uh, when I was on a music tour. I was traveling in Belgium and um, just got turned on to some amazing stuff. Started to taste Lambic, and I was like, whoa, this is, this is what I like. Uh, so, uh, yeah, things that had, like, some fermentation character, because we came into beer from being fermentationists, not the other way around. Um, so one of our most memorable collaboration experiences was when uh, we got to work with one of the, the guys who made some of the beers that inspired us to get interested in beer as like an art in the first place. Um, Danny from Phantom, a really tiny farmhouse brewery in Belgium, just a cobbled together old system and uh, just trying to work with a guy who didn't really speak English, we didn't really speak uh, French and uh, doing a lot of pointing and, and like thumbs upping and thumbs downing and figuring out a beer together was amazing <laughs> Cheers to Phantom, man, that's yeah. awesome So Joe, what, what beer did you make with, with Danny from Phantom? I mean, does anyone know, has, who's at Phantom? Yeah It's yeah. pretty great, I've seen pictures of him too he's kind of like skinny and like he looks Belgian <laughs> Yeah what does that mean? Have you worked with him, Peter? No, no, no. I'm just wondering what uh, looking Belgian means. <laughs> Holding some sort of coup. You know it when you see it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he doesn't go to the gym, you know. Americans versus Belgians. But, but tell us about the beer that you made with Phantom. Because I know these guys also have made beer with a Destruce in Belgium. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he referred to it as a special beer. 
Joe, do you, do that you was think the that, style. It was called a special beer. Do you think the Belgian guys like American beer, or do they still think their beer is better? Well, I, Danny doesn't really like any beer. <laughs> ex, ex, the only thing he drinks really is West Mall Triple. That's, that's just his thing. <laughs> and uh, people bring, like, homebrewers from all over the world, they make pilgrimages to his brewery. They bring their stuff. They bring, like, the the brews that they're excited about and he's just sort of puts it in a fridge so <laughs> while we were there we opened up like 30 bottles and had like one sip of each and we were like it would be like Ugh! and just sort of make a face and we'd, we'd pour it out and try the next one <laughs> he didn't like any of them <laughs> and then it's okay so you guys have actually collaborated with Destruce yeah that in was in the very very beginning of Pipeworks so about 2012 um, Mike and I before that yeah that was uh, 2000 and nine or so uh, and yeah and that was not necessarily Mike and I that did that from Pipeworks but it's kind of been the foundation of our brewery a little bit uh, yeah, just so the, yeah. to the two founders BJ uh, and Garrett interned at Destruce before they opened the brewery so they get to Belgium, and uh, they met Urbane through... Uh, they worked at a liquor store called Westlake View Liquors, uh, and she'd been... Uh, Christina, who owns it, had been selling the entire Sheldon Brothers book for years before it was cool. And so they get there, and uh, Urbane is like, so uh, what's your brewery called? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Why? He's like, well, we're doing a collaboration on, like, Thursday. It's like, oh, I guess we should come up with a name then. And so <laughs> they just kind of popped out Pipeworks, and uh, they brewed a few beers over there. So what are you guys doing in New York City for Beer Week? Uh, I mean, we'll, we're doing a couple collaborations while we're here. So on uh, Tuesday, we're collaborating with Jesse. We're making a, uh, a beer called Mad Fat Unicorn. It's kind of a, a mashup of his uh, Mad Fat Fluid and our Ninja vs. Unicorn. And then uh, on Wednesday, we're brewing with a Folks beer. We're making a uh, yeah, this Malort-inspired is be Belgian triple. <laughs> Has anyone yeah. ever had Malort? Is that... Oh my yeah, it's, it's awful. It's, 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 a, <laughs> it's really bad. It's Chicago's <laughs> curse on the world. It's a, it's, it's like a wormwood bitter liqueur. It's a bit of a litmus uh, test, you know. It's kind of yeah. like when you when you tried, really like but, someone, oh yeah, you got to punish every them. Every country it's a that doesn't have a, a good food culture makes a really bad bitter. <laughs> Sorry, so Chicago. Chicago. It's just Chicago. <laughs> Are you calling Chicago a country? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah kind of now. Yeah, you know, the country's breaking up. Or, yeah, you know, but. got some issues. Oh yeah. So who's that? Who's that? Interborough. Mad fat fluid. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's that Grimm's double negative? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Jesse, you're going to tell us now that we're getting on something. You're going to be brewing this week with these guys. Right. So, yeah, again, let's so, go back to rolls. And so, rules. I got this one all rehearsed because we're doing a, a, a panel about collaborations. So, I thought about this. And Ian from the well. I was bartending one night at my brewery, which is four blocks away. I'll mention again. Um, and uh, and he texts me and says, are you at the brewery? And I, of course. All right, cool. I'm sending somebody over. And Mike walks in, and I walk him through every beer on the, on the, that we had on draft. And then he had an event that was happening at Turst uh, yeah. where you were pouring what? Like mostly barrel stuff, right? Yeah, it was two barrel aged beers and then some core stuff, and but the barrel aged beers are the. So the I asked highlight. my wife to watch my two kids for a couple <laughs> hours so I could go drink really high alcohol beer yeah, in the middle yeah. of the afternoon, and I met your met parents. My, met my parents. Yeah, my mom. that was awesome. <laughs> Mr. Mike. He talks to my yeah. mom about kindergarten. I think it's about right. Yeah, we were minutes. talking about childcare and all that. <laughs> yeah. And um, your mom's a teacher, right? Oh yeah, she teaches yeah. kindergarten. Yeah. It's a full package with Piper. And then um, <laughs> Beer Week's 
started to get talked about, and so I hit Mike up. Well, I sent you, and I sent you Mad. After that, we canned Mad Fat Fluid for the first time, and yeah. I sent Mike a box of Mad Fat Fluid yep. or a four pack in a box. Yep. Um, and uh, and I was like, Are you guys come, planning on coming out here? And I was and, four Mad Fat Fluids deep, and I'm like, We are now. Yeah. <laughs> And so then I, you know, and I asked him if you want to come brew and, you know, so Ian is responsible for all of this. So next time Ian pours you a beer, you yeah. can be like, yeah. thank you. Yeah, thank and then you. Ian, you have to tell us what beers we have because I'm getting confused. But I think the second beer we're drinking, I wish you guys could drink it too, but you should. I think the second beer is the other half industrial arts, Nummy Nug Nug. Is this the Nummy Nug Nug, Peter? It's oh, good. That Whatever. It's yes. very good. <laughs> it's, it's, I would say, you know, right yes. now, whatever, it's New England style. You know, it what, like is it, what is it that's sexy about styles? Why is everyone so into that New England style? Because this is like this is like hoppy and like, you know. Tell us about this one, Peter, because this is the one. I hate to say it, guys. I'm going to keep drinking the Nummy Nug Nug. <laughs> Which one is this? Um, yeah. How'd uh, you name it? Well, because it was the other one was Nuggy Num Num. Nummy Nug Nug. God, it's such a good name. Uh, yeah, I don't even know where they came up with the name on the first one. And uh, wasn't it from Atanum and Nugget? It might have. That's been. what I thought. I don't know. It was before or I was Magnum. There, so. That would have made sense. Kind of had like a logical. That's usually how stuff is. Like, oh, let's name it after like a hip hop reference or a hop. <laughs> and it's pretty much one of those. Oh, you mean like. Yes. Double mosaic. <laughs> okay, we're being really creative here. <laughs> Innovators. There's, uh, there's twice as much. <laughs> double. <laughs> double the amount. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we, we pretty much just took the, the same beer and, you know, retweaked it a little bit, but then just named it the same thing but opposite. So, yeah, it, it was not really creative on that part. <laughs> oh, nummy, nug. Everyone say it. Everyone say it. Say, say nummy, nug, nug. No. <laughs> See, you guys did it better than I did. Yeah. How's other half so good at can release? How's other half so good at can release? Uh, yeah. <laughs> how are you guys so good? Uh, it's easy. We, we sit there and uh, people line up and then we take their money <laughs> <laughs> and we give them beer. All right. You know we're gonna move to questions because you got questions. You write them down. Ask them. Newly converted beer need um, to to someone. Your beers are so great. It has ruined me for commercial beers and so-called craft beers stocked at my local bodega. Why can't I find you in more some things? Our, our quality and mass availability being mutually exclusive. So this is a great question. Like, craft beer, I'm, I'm going to go to a good bodega. I'm happy to find IPAs and things. But now, I guess everybody wants to have these guys' beers and especially, like, these limited collaborations. So who wants to talk about, like, kind of the state of how can I get your beers retail without – I don't want to wait in line an hour at a brewery. Now, how can I get your beers retail and what's going on? Uh, that's that? hard. I mean uh, – You stay here. It's good. I'm ready. We know. It's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you, go, you know, you, you're talking about other half and, you know, you, you wait around, you know, for a good – chunk of a day to get beer you you know we're all you know and all of us are making beer at pretty small levels i mean compared to what major breweries are doing you know we're you know we're we're on a 15 barrel brew house we have 30 barrel fermenters you know so we've done a couple of canning runs now and 
you know, our first canning run, we, we canned 15 barrels of beer. You know, it's 150 cases. Our second one, we did three, you know, 30 barrels of beer. It was 300 cases. It's, it's, it's nothing compared to what you see on a normal beer distributor's beer truck, you know. So, um, you know, this last one, we, we did a split of, you know, selling some out of the tap room and some to retail so people could get it. Um, but we're literally like bringing a caser to to retailers. Like I'm not I'm not dropping it by the truck full. Um, so I don't know. Get get in good with your local beer shop or your local brewery, and you know. I mean, the more the more you buy local, uh, the more we can all keep making more of it. Sort of the answer. That's a great too. point. And also for you guys, who buys more beer, like cans directly from a brewery? Or from a beer shop versus going to a bar and getting draft. Who goes to a bar and only drinks on draft? Me. Some of us. Jimmy's 43, no, somewhere well, in East Village. Well. Who, who mostly buys you? Who bought either cans or, or bottles more to go? So it's this but You guys, come here. Tell me your name. Come here, this guy. Who brews their own beer and I'm, drinks I'm it Ryan. themselves? Uh, hi, Ryan. <laughs> you know, just out of question, who's been to Belgium off the line of brewers right now? Thank you, Ryan. All right. Let's go over your travels here a little bit. Sure. Travels? No, I, I have not like gone to Belgium. I'm a, I'm a massive uh, American beer drinker. I have, like, I, I'm doing, do and die, uh, drink, drink U.S. beers. I mean, I love, I love, you know, love Belgian beers. Uh, that was not my entry to craft beer. My entry to craft beer was like, I'm from Minneapolis originally. Um, you know, it was uh, it was James Page and Summit. You know, it was like local craft beer, like old school '90s. You know, breweries that were that, that were killer. And Ryan, that's Ryan. Give me talk to the mic. Come here, buddy. You know, because I was, you know, because I. No, I love American beer, and I just want to tell, like. Yeah, no, and and I and, and yeah, so that experience from America. So let's hear it. Yeah, so that I, was, I grew up in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I was, I was drinking Odell and New Belgium. Um, I like my story. My funny story is that we, my buddy's older brother, we used to send him in to get us old English and Mickey's forties, and he'd come, he'd come out with twenty twos of uh, Fat Tire and um, <laughs> Sunshine Wheat, and say, "Drink this; it's better." And and that was when I was. You know, 14. I'm not, I'm, you know. Good job, Ryan. Thank you. Go out, buddy. But thank you. Everybody, Ryan, thank you. All right. No worries. Yeah. Lots of questions. Okay. So, uh, all right. More questions. Let's just start doing them all. So, and I love this place. I'm on the front lines. My chair busted. I love it. Um, so, uh, someone else. Her name is Diana Dunu. Dunu. As a bartender who has experimented they say that millennials don't know how to write. I don't know. As a bartender who has experimented with marijuana oil in cocktails, um, have any of you guys brewed it with your beers as an experiment? That's a pretty interesting thing. No, but I'm ready to get it. That was you. That's you. <laughs> All right. So who's, have you ever experimented? I mean, you can't legally, but with the future coming, would you ever experiment with marijuana oils? All right. It's totally not going on the internet. Yeah, it's totally not going anywhere near. Tony, just pass me that milk. Hey, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, all, I'm all about. I'm all about that. If you know, if the state SLA wants to let us do that, um, I don't know. I could probably convince my partners to get at that. 
But going back to Joe, let's go. That's that's a great question. I, these guys really can't talk about it because, especially with the new administration, there may be some backlash on the marijuana stuff. I mean, if it's ever a legal ingredient, I mean, we're all about experimenting with flavors and finding new ways. Hops are really not that far of a branch away from weed, but I mean, we're. That's not something we're planning on, but you know, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we've used hemp seeds, but yeah. there's nothing. That was actually a brewery. That them. was a collaboration as well with yeah. Freigeist, uh, Sebastian from Germany. So he came and brewed with us and was like, "We gotta, gotta make the long hair affair." And so uh, we used hemp seed in that one. Yeah, I mean, we always kind of have a thing where, as long as like physics and the law will allow it, we'll probably give it a try. Yeah. But uh, whatever we can use, we'll <laughs> right use. now the law doesn't really allow that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's one from Danny. Pocket. Who's Danny? Let's do it. Danny has good penmanship. Thank you, Danny. Is anyone named Danny here? No, Danny. Danny said, what are you drinking right now? That's a good one for Peter. I have to say that, like, what I love about this, in their room, there were some of the the top brewers that I've I've ever met in the world. So, Peter, home brewer of the year. What what are you drinking besides the other half? Oh, uh, well, I mean, currently I'm drinking the Nummy Nug Nug. Uh, (laughs) What was that? Uh, I mean, uh, otherwise, I I, I drink a lot of beer at work. work a lot of hours. Uh, any of the brewers up here know that you know you're going to work 50, 60 hours a week, so you're going to drink a lot of beers at your work. Uh, and then once you get out of work, it's you know kind of whatever you have lying around. I'm sure we all have pretty deep cellars of stuff that we look at more than we drink. Um, I, I like a lot of Belgian styles, uh, you know, especially sours, lambics, uh, gooses, um, and then just other IPAs. Uh, it's it's really nice to you know. You know, drink stuff similar to the stuff that you made, but does not taste like your beer. Uh, it's it's really you know kind of refreshing to not drink your beer because you know your beer reminds you of work and you already spend enough time there. <laughs> Kate, you've got some cool stuff too. Um, yeah, well, uh, we actually because we're initially a self-distributing brewery, we had to kind of uh, we did everything in 22 ounce bottles, and for our market, that meant that we were basically making really high ABV beers. So we were pretty much not making anything below 8% for the first four years of our brewing careers. Yeah, Ninja vs. Uh, Unicorn on ice is great. In the yeah, <laughs> we, we drank a lot of our beers on ice uh, <laughs> for a long time to dilute IPAs. it. <laughs> uh, but now we're able to put beers in cans, which is really nice, so we're able to drink some of our beers. Uh, but I, I completely agree that you don't really... You don't really want to be drinking one of your beers at work all the time. Uh, for a long time, we drank a lot of PBR. We had struck up a deal. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it is so good to like try other things, and I mean, it's it's excellent to try what other how many variations on things like an IPA, a style that everybody's making. There's so much variation. All right, next question. This is going to be for for Joe first, and then Jesse. I don't know who it's from, but what's the weirdest ingredient you ever added to a beer recipe? Everyone says these weird ingredients, but. I, I think you should say something because I'm going to say something about it. So, Joe, you want to go first or, or Jesse? Jesse, everything ready? Yeah. Uh, uh, dehydrated ice cream. That's weird. <laughs> Good I mean, that's, that's There's the, more questions. The, you know, you know the TTB doesn't let you put that in beer. But Ryan's so. band. Where's Ryan? <laughs> Ryan's band. Where is he? That sounds good. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing. That's honest. okay. <laughs> Next one from Danny. Does Danny work for Serene... Who's no. Danny? Somebody. All right. So Danny says, when was the moment you realized that you could leave your normal nine to five and pursue brewing full time? <laughs> How about you, Tony? Um, 
the mo I, my wife kicks ass and it was the moment she was like stop talking about this and do it I mean it was literally like you know we had an idea it was probably you know 2010 or something I mean I knew I wanted to knew I wanted to brew professionally I knew I wanted to open a brewery my wife and I both knew we wanted to open a business at some point we knew that for years and she kind of got tired of hearing about all the stuff I wanted to do and it was like you need to go get into brewing school and um, and I had a job at one point that um, the contract for the job was done and she was like don't look for another job go look for brewing jobs and it scared the fuck out of me um, going from something that was you know paying really well to something that was going to start at 13 bucks an hour um, it was it was rad to have a spouse that like gave me you know she kind of gave me the balls to do that and just said go do it and uh, I haven't turned back um, so alright Tony awesome. yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. So, um, shout out to Smith about a cake Lim. yeah she's not here good question uh, where'd you go to brewing school Great American question. Brewers Guild in uh, Middlebury Vermont um, me too that's uh it's a fantastic program. It's a great program for people who are working, either in the brewing industry or other jobs. You know, it's mostly uh, distance learning, and then you go do some on-site stuff, and they have apprentice programs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, it's. Uh, I mean, I I tell you know when people talk about getting in the brewing industry, I say you know you, you don't. There's two sides to this world. It's it's an amazing apprentice trade. Learn. As much, if not more, working with other people that were knowledgeable brewers. You know, Peter's, Peter was one of the first guys I worked with, and um, and other brewers I worked with. Like, you learn so much on the job from people. But for myself, just the way I learn, um, going to brewing school was just fundamental. Like, I have all these things in the back of my head that I don't always totally remember, but I know I should remember, and is at least this knowledge base of like, oh yeah, I think we talked about that one time, I should maybe go look that up. Um, and I think those are some of the things that um, you don't have to go to brewing school for it, you can buy books and read it, um, but, you know, brewing on a larger scale like most of us are doing, um, it, you know, it can be scary business if you don't know what you're doing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, there's more questions. Let's just go through them. So, uh, who's Kiara? Is Kiara here? Kiara wrote a, co- a couple of questions. Kiara. So, basically, she's asking, and this is a good one for a few of you. Let's start with, with Pipe Pipeworks. You know, kind of how you came up with the name of your brewery, but also, like, especially with these collaborations, like, what is it, Peter? Nummy what? Uh... Nug Nug. Thank you, Nummy Nug Nug. <laughs> How do you come up with the, the names of things in general? So start with Pipeworks. Well, of things in general, the brewery. The brewery was like kind of popped out of nowhere for those guys. So uh, BJ and Garrett named it while like while they were in Belgium in the car on the way to do their first brew with oh. with Nirbane. Uh, the names of our beers come from a million different places. It's mostly so. jokes. Yeah. It's mostly yeah. like if it's it jokes. like makes us laugh. It's jokes where yeah. no one told us not to put it on the label. <laughs> it's just kind of like they got We have some bad ones. Quingston's well, Kitty Cat. A couple names. Say them all. We have one uh, called Just Drink It Dummy. <laughs> that's uh, <what> <laughs> Quingston's <laughs> Kitty Catina, named the, after our cat. cat the one Horn Wonder and his fanciful flying Fresno. Got some bad ones. Ninjaverse <laughs> Unicorn. I came up with all of these ones. <laughs> They're all the bad ones. Uh, hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here. Just like full sentences as names or things. And no one just said, you can't put that on a label. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's see what the government says. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Pass it through. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care at all. <laughs> and Jesse, what's, what's the favorite beer name you've made so far? Forget the beer. 
Mad Fat Fluid? I, I think it's, yeah, Mad Fat Fluid, I think. I, that's that's I, actually my favorite When band I rhyme, it's halftime. Everything I do is, is rap-related, almost. But, yeah, Mad Fat Fluid is the one that rolls off the tongue the nicest. So. There's some crazy, crazy questions. Someone asks, does God exist? And then someone also, again, back to the marijuana oil. Someone Brewers wants to know, can't tell you that. They're saying that, why doesn't Yummy Nug Nug smell like sweet? Chiba, so you know, Huxley bomb. I love this. Yeah, like, this is why we don't let you guys talk on the mic. So, but you know, this is really awesome. But you know, everyone wants to know things like Joe Grimm. So Grimm, you know, you guys won big award GABF, but you've been brewing in other breweries. But you guys are opening right right down the street. Tell us your plans for your, for your new brewery, because um, everybody loves, and I, we want more beer. Come on, all I get to do, I get to sit here and drink beer. So, Ian, I need it's more. It's gonna beer. be great. It's, I'm going to cut you off. It's going to be great. It's a few blocks away. It's actually on the same block as Jesse's place. Which is four blocks away. Four blocks away. Plus Jesse one. will walk you over there afterwards. Uh, it's going to be really cool. You know, we, we're going to put a lot of wood in there. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, mixed fermentation beers. Oh, are you? It's, it's going to get... You know, it'll, it'll be the first time that we get to totally control everything that happens in our space, and we're not answerable to anyone. So we're going to do a lot of unwise things uh, and do all the things that we wanted to do that we haven't had a chance to do yet. What are you opening? I can't. They don't know you. Nev- never give a date. Ever. What are you do not ask a direct plan. Never tell I've, I've had a few when. dates, but <laughs> soon. We're, Wait, you can we're yell. no longer Come here, you have, if you're yelling, you have to talk to the mic. Come here. We need you to record, so come on. Well, you yell it, I'll tell you. <laughs> and Joe oh, didn't blink for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> oh. Yo, if you go by there and like peek through the craft paper they got up on the windows, you can see they've already torn all the floors up. It's pretty sick. Yeah, we're putting in the plumbing right now. We have trench drains. Oh, it's, nice. It's happening. <laughs> That's great. I guess Joe and Jesse, I guess, why don't you guys go through the process of opening a brewery in New York? Because... You know, oh, yeah, you want to be here for another three hours? I think so. <laughs> I mean, who's, who's in a rush? Yeah. Just give us, tell us, Jesse and Joe, tell us. You know, well, I have one thing that I think is really cool is that the law changed a couple years ago. It was right before Other Half opened up. Right um, before. Yeah. They, that uh, previously you were not allowed to sell anything out of, your, out of the brewery. So oh, no, you could sell growlers. Like, you could sell, sell package to go, but you couldn't sell pints. Right. So it just didn't look like it was going to be a good, feasible thing to start up a tiny brewery because we weren't going to be able to sell beer by the glass. So part of why we opened up as a gypsy operation was because we were trying to make it work, you know. Um, so we kind of got going down one road. And then the laws changed, and then it became possible for breweries to just, you know, also operate as a bar. Which just totally changed what was feasible in a city like New York, which has high rent. So, yeah, uh, yeah. After that, yeah. that became a you know an option. Then we started putting uh, you know putting plans together for our own space here in the city. And then Peter, people want to know the future of craft craft brewing, especially in New York City. Anthony, where's Anthony? He has a good question, but generally, people want to know the future of craft beer. It's kind of about this, you know, the laws and how you can grow forward. You know, what are you guys doing in the other half? 
Are you guys expanding right now? Uh, yeah, so we're, we're in the middle of expanding. Uh, we got the space next door, so we've been trying to put together a new, bigger tap room for the last year. Uh, and we're getting close, but don't ask me the date. Um, When's the date? Uh, 2000 and never. It's going to be soon. Real, real, real soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, the, the goal is, you know, as much as you can sell directly to the customer, the better for everybody. You know, the customer gets better, fresher beer because they're not having to buy it warm on a shelf. And then you also get to buy it directly or sell it directly to the customer so their money's going directly to you instead of going through a distributor or a store. So the way that, you know, money changes hands is a lot better for everybody. You know, they're getting better product. You're getting better profit. Um, and so the more that you can actually do that, and, you know, the, the same thing, we have a tiny, tiny, you know, tasting room. It's, you know, it, but compared to this kind of room, oh it's, I would call yeah. it a closet. It's yeah. pretty much a closet. <laughs> but you know, Peter, Peter, basically the again, size how, of do the you, how do you make the other half yummy numnugs smell like sweet Chiba? <laughs> From Huxley, Bob. I mean, the sweet Chiba I, I can keep telling Chiba you that we've... It, that's the best question of the day. I don't really know how to answer that. I'm going to take this as a water break. And she wrote Chiba twice. Thank you. Because it's that good. And this one was named a Huxley Bomb. Is there a Huxley Bomb here? No. Come Sounds on, like a real name. My question about, about you know, what you guys are doing is that, you know, 10 years ago you would go on a, a, a draft beer bar to get the new beers that, that the breweries were making. But now because of the, the license that Joe mentioned, you can actually go to the breweries and, one, get pints on premise like KCBC or in a bar around the corner. But also your, your can release is huge. You know, what, what is yeah. that? I mean, we know it's on New York Times, but what is the thing that fueled the can release? I, I mean, it... it it, yeah, height, but uh, it, a lot of it's uh, just you know supply and demand. Um, you know, so you know, like we we're saying, like the the amount that you do, you do a thirty barrel batch. That's you know, by the time you keg off a little bit, so you have some growlers to sell, you're going to get two hundred and fifty cases. If you do a case allotment, that's two hundred and fifty people in line. If you have eight hundred people in line, then you know anybody after those two hundred and fifty people, if they buy the allotment. They're, they're boned. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of kind of supply and demand of, like, you know, how early do you want to get there? You know, and then, you know, how much you want to spend? And also just, you know, how much fun do you want to have on a Saturday? Because people get there, like, 5 in the morning because they're crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I love you guys, but you're crazy. Um, <laughs> Who's ever waiting in line at other half for, really, for really, cans? I really, really love you like, guys. I appreciate everything. I feel bad for you guys. But, but, but no, I mean, you know, people get there early, and it, it kind of becomes a, a thing. You know, people meet up with their friends. People drive from out of town. You know, they do a bottle share while they're in line, which is illegal, and don't do that. Uh, but, but, you know, it becomes a social thing, and there's a lot of people that, you know, want to spend their money on something that they couldn't get otherwise. You know, they, they trade for beers and whatever, but uh, it's something that is exclusive, and if you want to be able to do it, this is how you have to do it. And there's a lot of people that are willing to make, you know, whatever sacrifices to be able to have this experience. And, you know, the end goal is, you know, yeah, there's really good beer, but it's it's part of the overall experience. Yeah. Well, th- there's another part of it that's, that's also really important, which is that, when you get beer in that way, you're getting better beer because it hasn't passed through a bunch of different hands, been tuned to a whole bunch of different temperatures, gone through a couple of weeks of delays, and lost its, you know, like snap. Yeah, you're, you're getting the you're getting the beer the best that it can be, and then you get to control how that's taken care of from then on. So I, I really think that that's the way it's going to be going in the future. More beer is going to be sold that way 
And breweries are going to be making the amount of beer that makes sense for them to sell that way because they don't want their beer to taste bad. Quick thing for, for, yeah. for Kate and Mike. You guys are distributing, so it's different. You're distributing from well, Chicago. Yeah. for uh, this, we're, Actually, New York is our first market that we opened up to beyond Chicago. We were really, really excited to be here. We wanted to be in New York. Um, otherwise, in Chicago, we're a self-distributing brewery. So we load everything up into transit minivans. For a while, it was an Astro van with missing windows and uh, trash bags taped on the windows uh, in the polar vortex and all that stuff, but uh, in, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, in New York, uh, we go through Serene. Um, but yeah, this was the first place that we ever wanted to sell our beer beyond Chicago, and uh, for us, it, it meant to a lot. To a similar point of getting it out fresh, like, yeah. uh, it's kind of... The, the normal path is to go to geographically places that are close to you, but that didn't make any sense to us because we can drive the, the beer gets to New York in a day, uh, and Serene's really good about getting it out to the accounts within a week. Wait, so if you're gonna shout out drop, to Serene yeah, Beer, what'd you say? Wait, who? <laughs> Not Serene. Who is there from Serene? Put your hands up. It's like half the room. Oh, they're who works here. for Serene? Uh, yeah. What's up? Yeah. Come on, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so it makes a lot more sense to drive it a day, get it out in a week to a place there's 8 million people living on, like, what I think is two square blocks, than it is to, like, bring it up to Wisconsin and drop it for people who don't really care about the new craft beer from Chicago or drove, drive it to Indiana where there's, yeah. it's like, way like, more disparate population. So yeah. it comes here and it gets drank fresher than it would if we went somewhere geographically closer. And we, the guys at Serene, treat it the way we would treat it. So uh, that's and like, huge you guys, so when you Why do you hate Wisconsin? Wisconsin so yeah, much. Yeah. Wisconsin under the bus. They have they have new Glarus. They don't care about it. But <laughs> all right, but Who's from Wisconsin. You, Nobody. Yeah, right. hey. but if you come to uh, if you come to Chicago and you come to Pipeworks, we just opened up like a bottle shop. It's actually kind of like a shack. It's like a small. It's not actually like four walls, but it's uh, within our brewery, so you can buy directly from us, uh, which has been interesting because for a long time we've just no one's ever been allowed in our. Our, in our brewery, I mean, so now we have people coming in and people can see how we work and listen to our horrible music. And they're horrified. And they know yeah, and they're there. like, oh man, there's way too many cats here. <laughs> but, uh, what are you guys doing in New York this week? Tell us a couple places we can find you besides uh, the well. We're at the well today. We'll be at uh, Barcade on Tuesday. Um, we will be at... We'll be at Browery Lane on the 2nd uh, with some other Chicago we'll breweries. We'll be at uh, Barcade in Chelsea, we were just told. <laughs> um, then we'll be at uh, Judy and Punch on Tuesday and Bondurant's on Saturday for like a brunch thing. So, All right. Yeah. Welcome to New York, guys. And thank you. Thank you. Everybody, Pipeworks. All right. Yes. Yeah. Woo. So J- Jesse over there. Jesse's my buddy. I knew him when, when Carton first started. He was the, the brewer there. And I'm so proud of what you guys are doing at Interboro. So big round of applause for Interboro because Jesse wants to say, I, I know this guy. I'm looking at his face. Jesse, he wants to say something. Or not. That's not a question. Well, here's my question. So, That's Jesse. definitely not a question. Let's talk about how, how great New York, New York State is now for you guys and the new breweries. But you're also a, a distillery as well. Oh, yeah. So how does that right. apply? If you like to drink uh, alcohol other than beer... That you can come to my place, which is four blocks away, and uh, drink gin and uh, distilled and whiskey that's not quite whiskey yet, so it's more like moonshine. Can we ever, will we ever we get great cans draft of gin? gin and tonic. Will we ever get cans of gin, gin to go? Gin and tonic in cans. To go? This year. 
Oh, that's going to be... I'll never I'll, give a I'll, date. I'll single blink on that. That's but gonna is happen. that legal, Jesse? The, the TTB has actually approved my formula for my gin and tonic and cans. Yeah. And so when you go to the beach, for those of you who live in New York City and you all got your coats on, when you go to the beach... This is my how I imagine it, right? You're like, I want to go to the beach. I want to drink something that's not going to like be beer, although I love beer. Um, I'm going to have a gin and tonic in a can. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yes. So we're going to so do that. So the future of craft yeah. beer is yeah. gin and cans, kids. Yes. Watch out. Thank you, Jimmy. That, exactly. Right. All these guys got to catch up now. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these, you do. Next question. So this is another collab- it's supposed to be collaborations show, whatever. So Joe Graham, uh, every day you collaborate because you're working with your wife. So is that a collaboration? Who's a better brewer? Anthony over here wants to know. <laughs> I think Lauren's the better brewer. Joe, Joe right? be careful answering. Don't worry because no one else is ever going to hear the show. Don't worry. <laughs> And Antonio, Antonio also, there's three birds. There's Tony, Zach, and Pete. Every day it's a collaboration. Yeah, I've got my two brewery wives. They're uh, not here today. (laughs) Brewery husbands. I don't know. Yeah. Every day is a collaboration? Uh, actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let, let me regroup. Uh, yeah, I mean, King County Brewers Collective. I mean, it's three of us. It's, uh, I mean, it's a clusterfuck trying to, you know, get the three of us sometimes to get stuff together. But you know, we we share in, you know, all the duties and recipe writing and beers we're making and, um, yeah, we're always collaborating. You know, it's like we kind of we talk about what you know. You know, what's, what's the hole that we need to fill next? You know, what, what beers are running out? What do we need next? Who's got an idea? What do you think it is? And usually it's, you know, it's kind of somebody will be like, uh, yeah, I'll write a recipe for that. And they walk away and they, you know, throw something together. And then be like, hey, what do you think of this? And, and you know, usually, you know, because we're all, you know, have opinions, kind of throw some ideas in. Like, hey, maybe you should up that or change that. And, um yeah, it's like nonstop collaboration, yeah. and, that's so, so, how, and that's how our that's how our company started. Tony, some of the audience wants to know how do you become a brewery wife? How do you become a brewery wife? Bad um, question. You just go into debt with some other people, like, <laughs> like Pete, Zach, and I. We're, we're tied tighter than we are with our spouses as far as getting out of this thing. Bre- brewery husbands. I, also I, I, I could divorce my wife quicker than I could divorce Pete and Zach. So, no. but that, that's a, that's an open question for Kate. So, Kate, tell us about brewery husbands. Come I mean, on. I wouldn't know personally. I just know it's an option. <laughs> so the next, the beer we're drinking. I don't know about you guys. It's it's a plug for McKellar and Three's collab. Collaboration, seeking panache, IPL, which is what Indian pale lager guys with kefir lime. I don't know if what's, what do you notice. There's some brewers up here that have drinking all the beers. Was there a question? And there's some that haven't. So Mike, why are you not drinking all your beers, man? <laughs> I'm a little guy. I'm too, I can't just like step, all these beers, up, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh. Jesse, who's not drinking the beers down that end? I don't know, man. <laughs> what about Joe? Jesse's done. <laughs> Seven beers you know. in front of I realize this is a live power hour. <laughs> the brewery husbands and wives. And it's kind of wild, but does everyone have a chance to get a refill? I mean. Who doesn't have beer? Should we take a break? I've been peer. No, I'm all right. We'll do more questions, so keep going. Okay. So Jamie, Jamie H. Who's Jamie H.? Is there a Jamie H.? Come on, guys. Um, break down double or triple dry hopping. This is like beer techniques. Right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you guys, yeah, you guys trouble dry hop? We only no, uh, did one, one time. Oh, we, once. No, one time we did. We did a collaboration uh, with a toppling Goliath, and... Um, 
We did a double dry hopped, uh, double IPA, so that word was key. And uh, it also had habanero and honey in it as well. Wow. Anybody else? All you do is double I mean, dry hop. I mean, you know, sometimes. I didn't know that that was what it was called. That's like a, it's a, to me, it's like a new thing to call a thing a double dry hop beer. I agree one hundred percent. It's words on paper. Bo like, beer was always words. double dry hopped. Bo beer, we 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 would we never single dry hopped. We always put half the hops in, and then the next day went bet all really? half the hops again. Why like, would you, I don't, why'd you guys do you know that? I mean? like, why did you do that? I don't yeah. know what. It, it, it's utilization, right? It's, well, Peter, what do you think? How do you define when you call something that? What does uh, that mean to I you? Mean, so most of the stuff that we've been doing that we've been calling double dry hopped for lack of air quotes, um, it will actually take a recipe and then thank you. Um, yes, please. Um, oh, yeah. So we'll we'll take a recipe You're that we normally do and we'll add another dry hop on top of that. And we've been playing around Doubling a lot. Doubling the quantity, not. Um, not, or is it done in not, 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 not specifically same? double the quantity or double the type. It's okay. adding a secondary dry hop. So, on top. Why so like you day just... five and day seven? Well, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, like, what? <laughs> no, let's, do this, let's do this in hours. Can you tell us how many hours it is between? Uh, what is the, what's the schedule? <laughs> well, so we'll usually do you know, whenever we normally do the first dry hop according Gosh. to the original recipe, and then uh, 24 or 48 hours later do the secondary dry hop. Okay. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of our double dry hop beers with uh, the lubulin powder. Oh, um, all right. And so we've been mostly playing around with that as a secondary dry hop uh, on top of a normal beer. So we'll do the, the normal dry hop schedule and then add X amount of uh, this like lupulin powder, which is like kind of, a, yeah, it's like Keef, basically, um, for, yeah. for lack of a better term. It's uh, dank, but yo. yeah, it's, it's like, you know, super concentrated hop uh, powder. And, and so we're adding that on top of a regular dry hop. Okay. So that's our kind of secondary dry hop. So is it because you aren't sure what the outcome's going to be with the lupulin powder, or is it because you want to get the vegetal matter out? Like, we, honestly, this is an honest question. Yeah, like yeah. That. We've <laughs> never done any of it. We've never used uh, yeah, we've powder. never done I mean, we, we kind of just started experimenting with this a uh, few months ago. Uh, and, you know, part of it was to try to keep the vegetative uh, flavors out of it. Uh, that, that was one of the more appealing things about it. Uh, and then we just really, really like how the flavors came out. You know, you get a lot of really bright hop characters that are very different from just the original beer with a relatively small amount of secondary dry hop. Do you adjust the secondary dry hops based on how it's tasting at the time, or is it always you just go right down the line with the uh, we, we started off kind of like with, you know, X amount, and then we actually increased it a little bit because, you know, we figured we could get a little bit more out of it. Um, and we were able to get a little bit more of the uh, the lupulin powder. Um, That's cool. But but yeah, the, the stuff's been pretty great. We're we're trying to experiment I mean, with a little bit more, but it's it's a very different product. Yeah. It's also like two x is strong, right? Like two and a half. I don't, is what I've heard. Uh, we, yeah. we haven't it, used it. We we're, we are using it in a couple of beers that are coming out next month. But we've never tried it before. But maybe that makes sense as a, a way to talk about double dry hopping. Because if you're using the same number of pounds, it's right. doubling the hop oil. Yeah, it, so it's super concentrated. So it's uh, it's pretty much twice the alpha, but half the vegetative matter removed. Right. So in theory, 11 pounds counts as 22 pounds. Uh, but flavor-wise, it's still a little bit yeah. different. So we're still trying to figure out how the flavor works in comparison to just regular hot pellets. Sure. And it's... Um, yeah, that's. I mean, we yeah, we've Very never. Cool. Yeah, we haven't. But um, yeah, we haven't used that yet. We're gonna. We're, we're really, gonna. We're gonna. Yeah, use exactly. Yeah, yeah, in our collaboration. One last question, guys. We're gonna run up, to, guys. So how do we go from people talking about fresh hops, wet hops, 
to lupulin powder. Those are se- separate things. Very but, I mean, say, so give us a little. Uh, does anybody up here like like really enjoy fresh hops? No. No. We, we rarely oh, I use never, I know. We, never made a, we made beers at Carton once a year where we got fresh hops, and they had really, I mean, you know, yeah, we would get like, I don't know, 88 or 100 and something pounds of fresh hops shipped from Yakima and hop back, hot wort from the kettle through a hop back. And those beers had a really... And then we would dry hop with whole cone instead of pellet. And oh, that wow. was what we'd do for that beer. So and that beer was a very, like, what's that? So you got about two gallons of beer at the end. <laughs> yeah, in the end. But we're charging, like, super $300 rare, dollars yeah. per sixtal. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 both people in line were psyched. Um, I mean, those beers had a very unique flavor. But yeah. I think that the hop dust is, you know, the, the lupulin powder is... It's interesting. It's very interesting. It's very... Uh, what? Good question. How is a lupulin powder made? That's what I'm trying to say. What, what is lupulin powder? It's, 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 it's an additional level of processing. It's, it's actually it. less... Okay. It's like cry. I, I've just been in a, a, a wormhole of researching this stuff. because <laughs> We've never used it, but we're going to use it soon. But So from what I understand, it's actually less processed than a hot pellet. Because a hot pellet beats up the, the whole cone... And like smashes it into pieces, yeah, so the grinding heat, it gets hot, and then it's right. pressed into pellets. Whereas the the hot powder, the f- nitrogen frees the thing, and then they shatter a frozen whole cone hop, which allows them to separate the frozen oil from the leaf. So you keep the oil and throw away the leaf. So it's like it never gets hot the way. And with, the way we awesome. used to describe hopping at Carton, which is yeah. this is coming from Augie Carton, but it's, you know, when you're putting hops in a kettle, it's cabbage, right? You're just putting green in, right? And only a certain percentage actually has anything that anybody wants or, t- or that tastes good. Um, so being able to, you know, if this stuff works, it's, it's isolating the part that actually tastes good and smells. I mean, more importantly, right, like flavors 100% retro nasal aroma right so that's what tastes good is what smells good and so if you're putting what smells good into the beer and not the shit that tastes like cabbage or lettuce or whatever then you're you're actually doing better for the beer so it sort of remains to be seen whether it actually works there's also like only four varieties are doing a pretty good job of proving that it works we're experimenting for everybody else the way that craft brewers have evolved and grown and innovated, uh, maltsters are also innovating, and so there's new there's new different forms of malt that we can all use. There's different roasting processes, uh, and hops are the same way. I mean, it's not like a completely new age thing. I mean, it's just people trying to get better at their craft, and if their craft is growing and processing hops, and this is a more... Uh, a fresher way or a more authentic way to translate that flavor, like we're gonna research that and we're gonna figure it out. It's not about like new age and new trends and blah blah blah. It's just kind of like, okay, well maybe you know we're trying to make better beer. They're trying to make better hops and we're trying to use the better hops and the better you know humulin and cohumulin and lupulin, yada yada yada, all those oils, uh, the most effective way possible. Mike. 
Oh, I was. <laughs> is that your dad over there? Come on. That's my dad right <laughs> there. <laughs> front and center. Hey, dad, how's it going? You, you guys have been awesome. I just want to say that um, we, the, I think that the well wants us to wrap it up, and you guys have to go buy more beers. So, <laughs> which is great. I'm, I'm, you know, the yummy num nug, and let's go through it one more time. What are the beers that we have? We had the, the other half industrial arts. Nummy yum yug. <laughs> Yummy yug dog. What do you want me to I'm do? not going to correct What do we have, guys? <laughs> Tony, what's the KCP? I've lost interest, man. This is like, you know, we're, we're like, like, you know. You guys, everybody needs a break. Stand up. Come yeah. One more time. Say your names. All right, I'm Tony Billis from KCBC. Uh, you can go and drink Yeah Buddy, Woo! double IPA. We made that with uh, our buddies out of Finback. And you can drink... Uh, uh, Taco, Taco Wednesday. Wednesday. We brew with uh, Interboro. We also got a sweet uh, barrel-aged raspberry sour out there called Full Contact. Get at it. I'm Jesse from Interboro. You can go drink... Um, Four blocks. Four blocks. Um, You can drink stay gold. You can drink super local, and you can drink um, something else. I forgot. Gin and tonic. Uh, Yeah, gin. I'm Peter Salmon. I'm from Other Half. Uh, We got some beers on. I don't know. (laughs) They're good. Go drink them. You can get in line at six a.m. and. I'm Sorry. Joe Grimm no idea what he's got. from Grimm. I have no idea what's pouring, but but uh, after you have go to Jesse's beer place, on, so. you should go around the corner and look at the place with big glass windows. Yeah, peek paper, through the crack, like, look paper, through there. You can see, his you can floor. see our train strains. It's gonna be great. Everybody! Uh, Kate from Pipeworks. We have a bunch of a uh, bunch of beers. They're good. <laughs> I'm Mike from Pipeworks. Uh, if you guys want to buy some Southwest tickets to Chicago, they're pretty cheap right now. You're coming in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and all your beers are really high alcohol. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> come, come get them. And everybody, thanks for coming out for real. And definitely, big shout out to uh, Josh, Ian, and AJ at the well who, who've helped make this event happen. They booked everybody. This is an ama- amazing panel, right? These guys are. And we're going to go to the bar and drink the beers. And thanks for joining me. Beer Sessions Radio on the Harry's Radio Network. We'll catch you next time. All right, guys. Woo! All right. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.